Hello and welcome to Carnival Junto. I am your host Octavius A. Noon. I'm the founder of Barefoot on the Line with me. In the other room in the exact same building, Adam Tedders. That's true. I'm like 20 feet away from you. We're just separated by a few walls. Separated at birth. By a few walls. No, we, were se- we were separated at birth by a few walls. I don't walls. even know how that makes yeah. sense. I don't but, know. Uh, I don't know. We're going for it. My brother from another room. Ah. Uh-huh. You can look at us and see the resemblance. <laughs> it's it's my it's the red facial right. hair for me right. basically right that's what part I missed out on yeah it's hard it's 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 not easy to miss out on actually it's kind of glaring yeah um I have I have the red hair jeans you you might somewhere at some point in time you don't know it if could come out. out at any given moment. And, that's true. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> you just wake up one morning. You're like, my God, no! Oh, damn! <laughs> what has happened to me? Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about today, Octavius? Well, this is a special one-shot episode of Comic Book Junto, and we're going to be talking about the Hateful Eight. Um, yes, Quentin Tarantino's uh, most recent film. Yeah. Yeah. This is his eighth film, I believe, as well, right? Yeah, as as advertised in the credits of the opening credits to the film, mm-hmm. I think in the very beginning it says uh, Quentin Tarantino's eighth film, The Hateful Eight, um, and that I feel like sort of sets the tone for the way that Quentin Tarantino just is, where he's like, he he can't just say this is the beginning of my movie. Yeah. He has to say like this is the most recent installment in my long catalog of masterpiece theater. And it's like, okay, here it goes. Here we go. Everybody, strap yourself in for uh, Quentin Tarantino doing what he does best, which is mostly stroking his ego. You think so? I do. Yeah, I think so. And I, I feel like part of my experience of seeing his movies is is going into it, having this understanding like, man, he is he just really, really loves the work that he does. And he I, I've, I catch this vibe like he feels like he needs you to know how smart he is and how much smarter than you he is. Really? And uh, I, I catch that every time I watch one of his movies. And I still love his films for the most part. But that is something that I cannot shake. Um, and I would say it's a testament to his movie making that a lot of times I feel that way going into it, sitting down, getting ready to watch, and I still love the picture. But uh, yeah, this one I don't know. Yeah. So um, interesting thing about are you trying to tell me that you don't pick up on like his ego? You know, like the way that he, you know, he 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 promotes himself. Oh well, I definitely think that Quentin Tarantino thinks he's very smart. I think that he thinks he's one of the smartest, most creative people in the room in the large majority of times um, he's dealing with things. And I think that comes across in his artistry, Um, especially when you've got someone who has something that they want to say. There's a level Mm -hmm. to where you think what you have to say is important that everyone should shut up and listen and everybody should shut up and listen to it. And consume it the way that you want it consumed because the way you say it, the way you shoot it, the way you, you know, place it, the dialogue, everything with Quentin comes across as extremely intentional. It's not by mistake. It's not, oops, oh, that's random. It's like, nah. And even if you don't catch everything, everything's on purpose. That's a really good point. Like, as, as far as it goes... 
it seems like there's very, very little scrap material. Like he, nah, he never nah, does no anything uh, by accident. He never does anything extraneous. It's just like the, the, the stuff that he puts out there, it, it feels like he really focuses in on, which is, I think, a little bit ironic in that the movie, the movies that he makes are very long and they feel like they're not like <laughs> they're not edited to be short or brief or concise but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's uh, not laser focused. I don't know. There's this weird medium where I, I don't understand him. Like as a as a person, I, I don't feel as though I would be able to kick it with Quentin Tarantino. I I think I feel like he's the a one upper, and I mm-hmm. this is totally unfounded. Uh, uh, other than just my experience with watching right. his films, which is not a fair assessment of him as a person. And I'm saying that out loud. I hear you. Does but, the internet uh, hear you? We'll find out. In the comments. <laughs> you can hear me through the walls right now. I'm saying that out loud. You hear me right. through the walls. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that through the wire, okay, right now. And I, I don't know. I just don't think I could hang with him. But I like him as an artist. And part of me likes him as an artist because he has this cockiness that I, lo- I love to hate. Similar to mm-hmm. like Yeezy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he has this okay, kind of like I get that this analogy now. very, now very profound self-importance. Point. Yeah, Kanye is is a measuring stick uh, against all things, and uh, he reminds me of that way in in a way, and, and that that kind of creates the, it creates a character for himself. Like he loves himself, and he he needs you to love him. Except also, he doesn't he doesn't care if you love him or well, not. You know what's interesting about, um, well, at least the the way I see it, I can relate to Kanye West, and I can relate to what you're saying about Quentin Tarantino personally, because I know what it feels like to have a vision in my head. And I know what it feels like to want to try to execute that vision and trying to feel like every single bit and piece of this is on purpose, you know? And when people don't get it, you don't want to kowtow and bow down to them and then go, oh, you don't get it? Hmm, let me simplify it for you because I don't want you to be offended. There's a level of like, if you don't get it, you're stupid. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and, I, and I, sure. I hear that from Kanye. I hear the unwillingness to compromise and sell out. I kind of get that vibe from Quentin Tarantino. And I think there's a level to where it calls you up to something in a time period okay. where we're so used to everyone stooping down to us and going, what do you want? What would entertain you? Um, what would stroke mm. you? What, what what would make you feel good? Quentin comes yeah, through and goes, I'm not here to necessarily stroke you and make you feel good. I have something that I want to say. And I honestly believe that what I want to say is the most important thing that anybody's thinking in the room. That Well, that's what I appreciate him because he has strong artistic vision. But the thing is, is regardless of the intent and the foundation and the, the belief that underlies that, I, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to like the channel for sure, the artistic sure, vision, yeah. the content itself. And I think that's probably one of the beautiful parts of, of Tarantino is that what he makes is divisive, right? Divisive so is a great word, Adam. Yeah, it's, it is divisive. It's, it's impossible to be cataloged by like review websites that I like and feel comfortable right. with and a lot of people feel comfortable with because what he makes is a strong, opinionated, personal, very him, super stylized artistic vision. And it's not fair for anyone to say unanimously that it's good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, that it's well, just it's, it, okay. It, it, I don't think on. I don't think that it falls in Explain line. Explain that to me. It's not okay for anybody to say if it's good or bad. What does that mean? Uh, what I mean to say is like, okay, okay, here's a practice that I I think is normal in this day and age. Uh, you, you see a movie is coming out. You usually wait until if you're not like one thousand percent hyphy to see mm-hmm. the movie, and you're not seeing it at midnight before it comes right. out. You wait until it comes out, and you hit up RottenTomatoes.com, and you say, what did other people think? Do what, can I corroborate that I should spend my money and my time on seeing this flick? And for me, I have this, like, depending on what it is that I want to see, I, I have a number, I guess, that I will, like, want to see. I want to see above 70%, mm-hmm, right. you know? And it's like, if it's, if it's below 70%, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if I want to do that. And there's some exceptions to that rule, like the best movie of all time, Jupiter Ascending, which I think, I don't think it was <sighs> awarded a number. I'm pretty sure like the <laughs> website breaks when you try to check the review. But I mean, I saw Wait that Wait a minute, Internet. Did you guys hear this guy slip this in, try to slide yeah. that in quick uh, on the undercurrent, thought I wasn't paying attention. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jupiter I mean, what are you talking Ascending? about? What are you referring to right Jupiter now? Jupiter Ascending is the greatest movie of all time, Adam Tedderus. Yeah. I'm going on record. I just want to say I acknowledge something that all of us uh, think, through the wire, uh, which is which is Jupiter Ascending is the best movie of all time, and it is an exception to the rule because that was um, trashed critically. Uh, however, it is known, I think, by laws of nature that it's just the best movie of all so time. Facts, so what and you're saying, facts are facts, and they don't need your uh, approval. <laughs> yeah, that's what so I'm saying. Jupiter Ascending what, doesn't what, need your approval for the facts. Okay. No. No, because I wouldn't. I wouldn't walk outside of of the building that I'm in right now, and I would look at a tree and just be like, "This is a good or bad uh-huh. tree." I wouldn't review that. Like this is this was something that was born from some kind of greater destiny that I just obey and I am a part of. Jupiter ascending was that right? It was just kind of this. It was it was it was given to Internet, us. Internet. The views and opinions expressed by Adam Tedders about Jupiter ascending are his and his alone, and they have nothing to do with Octavius A. Newman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just why? Hey, look, oh, the uh, award season's coming up. Okay, keep one eye off. Keep one eye open. Jupiter so forget Ascending. Revenant, forget Creed, forget Star Wars. You yeah. know, forget. Uh, spotlight, all all that stuff. No, don't. I'm predicting. I just I predict a huge upset. I think Eddie Redmayne walks with everything. Wow. And then when he comes up to accept his award, he'll uh, give us what we all want, which is a reprise of his character and the and the the, the voice that he uses in Jupiter Ascending, and he'll say, "I create life <laughs> and I destroy it." <laughs> And, uh, and that's all he's going to oh, say. And I mean, honestly, guy. yo, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shed tears. I'm going to cry because that's beautiful. Oh man. <laughs> that movie was so bad. Are we talking about the same oh, movie? Adam. All right. You know what? We came here to talk about Quentin Tarantino. What I, what I mean to oh, say here, goodness. what I mean to say here. What you mean that, to say here is the uh, Bukowski's are going home with the hardware. And I get, I get that. I do want to give a live report from me Googling right now. Jupiter Ascending was given a 26% right. um, on Rotten Tomatoes. And what I, what I mean to say here is that I think Quentin Tarantino's movies, and Hateful Eight as an example, the most recent example, are difficult to confine by a number. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still laughing. Really? I'm still by laughing at you. And uh, Eddie Redmayne? Yeah, I'm still laughing at that. That's really funny. That, can, can we just... Take a moment to appreciate that the main character of that movie, Jupiter Ascending, the best movie of all time, is 
Channing Tatum with cool elf ears. He was one half. He was one half human, one half wolf, and one half bird. That's three halves, (laughs) Octavius. Okay, like it, it was. The bomb and Adam's on a roll today, guys. <laughs> Sean Bean. Sean Bean played a dude who was part B, like the insect. He was part B, and his name was Stinger. Listen. Stop it! Like, don't even have the award show be televised because you don't want people to feel bad that you get all gussied up and you go on the red carpet and you you're oh I hope I win I hope I win and everybody wow. knows who's winning. Everybody knows. Wow. Yeah. So that's. Don't That's get, it. Don't believe That's the hype. The, this is this is the, don't get the, the up second Adam, one shot. Adam Tedderus's, uh, you know, groupthink cult about <laughs> about a uh, Jupiter ascending. I live in a world by myself. Okay, okay, and, <laughs> and, and, and this is evidence of that. <laughs> it's inhabited by just this is me. The proof. Uh, I'm saying that it's a divisive film, and, and I think we agree on and that. And Hateful Eight but is we, also a divisive film for sure. We 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 should yeah specifically Hateful Eight. That's what I mean. We we agree that it is it is a Tarantino film. It is a divisive film. I have strong feelings toward the director himself that make me feel a certain way going into the movie. Uh, I went to see the movie. I was on a date. Mm. We saw the seventy now millimeter. We talked about this before you went too. We did. <laughs> I had seen uh, it first. R- refresh my memory. What did you tell me? Did you say this was a good idea or a well, bad one? Okay, so I saw Hateful Eight. I think it was the day or the couple of days beforehand, and I saw the yeah. seventy millimeter Roadshow, which is a huge experience. You get a like a playbill kind of like what, what do you call it? A bro, not a brochure. What would it be called? No, I think you're right. It's a it's like a, like program. a program. It's like a playbill. Yeah. But like I, I I do want to go ahead and say I I did not get that John because I ordered my tickets online uh-huh. and uh, I didn't get one. But I saw everybody else in the line. Flipping through the pages yep. and being like, oh, this is cool. This yeah, is dope. totally didn't see that coming. Um, um, you yeah. go in and the movie's like, is it three hours and like nine minutes long? Three hours and three seven hours minutes. And seven yeah. minutes long. There's an intermission. I'm talking about literally the screen goes black, the lights come up, and, <laughs> 15, and I was like, what's happening right now? What's yeah. going on? And then people are like, oh, it's intermission. I'm like, you mean like at a play? Like, yeah, 15-minute intermission. You go to the bathroom, you get a snack, you come back. So yeah. I sit through the three hours, you know, I've watched the whole movie, and then I talk to Adam. He's like, yeah, I'm going to see Hateful Eight. I'm taking a date. And I said, now, hold up. <laughs> now, yeah. now, wait a minute. You do know this movie's three hours and seven minutes long. And Adam's like, yeah, I know. And I said, he goes, what do you think? I said, it's, it's very Tarantino. That's that is right. You said very yeah. Tarantino. So yeah. if you're expecting to like romance this girl or like <laughs> anything like that, I don't know what the end result you're trying to go for here, but it's intense. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to go on record and say that I, I I gave her full disclosure. I said it's a very very long movie. I know that she is a fan of Tarantino's movies, and and I am too because we talked about that. Uh, on a previous date when we had gone out. And uh, um, I said, look, you, I'm giving you the opportunity right now. I'm, I'm sharing this knowledge that I have. This is a long film. This is a big event. Are you down? And uh, she is said, you yeah. Is you is you ain't in, is what you said. Exactly. Exactly. I said, if the shit hits the fan, <laughs> are you still a fan? <laughs> yeah, right. Quote. Yeah. Quotes. Yeah. Uh, 
so I gave her the opportunity to say no, and not because I, I, I wanted her to have a, a way out. I just wanted, like, look, we, we need to have a full understanding mm-hmm. and expectations mm-hmm. of what's happening. You and I are going to enter into this ordeal together. Right. Um, do you want to do that? And she said, yeah. And we went and we saw it. And uh, um, I don't want to give a spoiler alert, but she and I are not seeing each other. <laughs> Presently. <laughs> If you go to Rotten Tomatoes and you look up the review for He's, Hateful Eight, you'll see a picture of my sad <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, no. Yeah, we we had a fine time, but um, I, I, I we'll, we'll talk about everything that led up to this moment. But I'll say at the very end, when we were walking out, um, three hours and seven minutes later, uh, both of us looked at one another and we said. I don't know how I feel about yes. that. Yes, and that is exactly the way I felt when I walked out of the movie, too. It's, it's one of those things, and <clears throat> I'm excited to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. That is not something that we are used to feeling when we leave a yeah. movie. Yeah, We're used to having an opinion. And it's taken me from when I saw it to now to kind of go, what do I even... I mean... I don't even really know how I feel about what I just saw. I just, yeah, because it's so non conventional. It doesn't take you. Okay, all right, let's just do spoilers. Let's just, yeah, let's okay, just call let's go, let's go ahead and just. Yeah, banner right now. If you if you have not seen Hateful Eight and you you look forward to seeing it, stop listening to this podcast right now. Uh, Octavius Newman, uh, Octavius A. Newman, and Adam J. Tetteris of Comic Book Adam Zunto. Jebediah Tetteris. <laughs> yeah, Adam Gerentino Tetteris. Uh, do not take responsibility for spoiling your experience if you are continuing continuing to listen to this. I'm sorry, by the way, for spoiling Jupiter Ascending. I apologize. Too late, man. Too late. All right, so here it is. Spoilers. Go into it. Okay, so... So many movies that we watch, we have... We talked about on episode one, we were talking about Star Wars. I was saying, I go into the movie and I let you tell me the story that you want to tell me. I don't come in saying, tell me the story I want to hear, right? Yeah, So as I'm sitting here... And following Tarantino, tell me the story. He doesn't do what normal storytellers do and go, and this is how you should feel. And then this is the good guy. And this is the bad guy. You're supposed to hate the bad guy. You're supposed to love the good guy. Bet you bet you can't tell me like you, you, you really don't know. He doesn't answer those questions. He does. He puts you in very uncomfortable situations and I think it's absolutely positively on purpose. He's trying to challenge you to think. Like we talked about a guy who goes, I'm not stepping down to your level. You're going to step up to my level. Starting with yes. an overture in the beginning of the doggone movie. You're just yes. going to sit, sit, sit through this. For, as far as it goes, I, I want to say that that's actually one of my favorite parts of this whole movie is uh, the, the soundtrack. Because the soundtrack comes from uh, Ennio Marcone. Uh, he's, Ennio Marcone is a legend, like an, an unbelievable 
like spaghetti western legend. He does great stuff. And uh, uh, as a composer, he's attached to some of my favorite old timey like western flicks and to hear his, mm-hmm. mo- his 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 original score in a movie that came out in 2015 is nuts that's so cool yeah. so i was very 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 excited about that like right off the jump uh and that was when my excitement my excitement just kind of like petered out after that i'm like i don't know how i feel after this that was my high right. point and everything after that was like Dude. right okay so let's let's talk let's talk um, gut reactions. Like, what were? You, what are your kind of gut reactions? They don't need to be proven. It's just like because that's kind of what you're left with is like raw emotion that you don't really have. Uh, you know, for example, when you're when you're in school, you have a teacher telling you you you're supposed to go this way, and if you don't yeah. go this way, there's a consequence. But with this, he's not really telling you which way to go, so you're kind of left in a in a jumbled heap to just like. How do I feel about this? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gut reactions, gut reactions. Okay. Um, so immediately, I felt like I had just spent three hours and seven minutes in a room with eight people I really don't like, and that is just uncomfortable. Like straight up, that's just not a pleasant experience. So as far as a film goes, it was not a pleasant experience. And I right. kept digging. I was digging for opportunities to find something to love. I was like, I think I had this understanding that I have such a deep appreciation for Tarantino's style mm-hmm. and his previous yeah. movies that I needed to find those, the, the, like the things that I love about his movies. I was looking for those things. And this, what are, one, the, what are some of those things? Or so uh, his dialogue. Tarantino has has very stylized trademark dialogue. The way that characters speak to one another, the 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 incredibly profane language that they use, their opportunity to comment on pop culture, right, right. to have really trivial conversations that are sometimes like very very stupid, but at the same time just utterly fascinating. Like Royale with cheese. Yeah. Why is that important? Yeah. Right. Uh, like those, those kinds of conversations, they didn't necessarily, you you couldn't necessarily have that kind of conversation in Hateful Eight, which is a movie that takes place in what, the 1800s and they don't have any pop culture to refer to. And so they just have conversations with one another about their like big fish stories of where they come from and what they're doing. The, the one thing that I did love is, you know, the, the, the way they talk to one another, everybody's got something that they're not saying. You, de- and that's you very definitely palpable. get that feeling. You get that feeling yeah, of like, you, wait. It's who, not the whole story. Is, you know, everybody, perfect example. You know, we meet um, Samuel L. Jackson's um, character, Major Marquise Warren, when yep. we meet Kurt Russell's character, John Ruth. We meet Jennifer... Yep. Uh, how do you say her last name? I think it's uh, Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee. Jason Lee, Daisy Domergue. Yep. And, Daisy Domergue. And when, you know, Kurt Russell's explaining... Or, excuse me, John Ruth explaining what he's doing. And, you know, Sam Jackson is explaining... You're kind of always, like, squinting your eyes, like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Especially when you meet Sheriff Chris uh, Mannix. Yes, You're like, yeah. nah, nah, this dude, something's off. Something ain't right. So, and, and every time you meet somebody, again, Tarantino's not telling you this is a good guy. 
Yeah. He's really showing you kind of what we talked about on episode two. Who's a good guy? What's a bad guy? Yeah. You know, yes. like, well, everybody. And, and I think, and this is a perfect example of they're all bad guys. Like, well, that's just it. He wants, like, he, he, he wants us to go through the mental exercise of trying to figure out who's good, who's bad. Because just that exercise is, like, kind of confusing. You're like, you, you know, every time you meet someone, you try to appraise them quietly, subconsciously. Doesn't that happen in real life? Like, is this a person? Yeah, is this, this, is, is this a person I right. trust or not, right? It's, a, it's, it's just a survival thing. You want to know that you're having a conversation or an encounter with someone that uh, you, you get along with. And when he, when he presents the characters in the movie, you know, every single time we see a character, we think, like, how do I feel about this person? And it's, it's a roller coaster ride. The people that I really did like a lot didn't necessarily stay that way. Right. The people that I really did not like a lot did not stay that way. And that was entertaining to me to be able to follow that, like to, to have sympathy for certain people and then to have like misunderstanding and, and some curiosity or, or distaste for, for certain people. But the thing is, Octavius, like I still didn't know how I felt about it by the very end. I still never really, I, I can't pick out somebody that I liked over somebody else. I just feel like all of them were just pretty rotten. Yeah. And, and I felt, uh, unfulfilled in that there was not a there was no satisfaction in the film. Well, n- nothing takes place that that aims to satisfy you. Well, see, that's the thing. Even in the fact that we are looking to be satisfied, I think that has a huge part of this experience. It's kind of yes. like when you go into something having a certain expectation, and then you totally don't get that, but you come out on the other end, kind of being like. I didn't even recognize that this was a thing about myself. I didn't even see that that's what I was doing. Because when we go to the movies, we go to be entertained. We go to be satisfied. Quentin's like, uh-uh, not in this. You're going to learn something today. You know, that's kind of how it, as I think back on it, it's like the question I have is, what do you think he's trying to say to you? That, okay, that's, that's good. And I, I want you to answer that question for yourself based on what you saw and the idea that he was trying to teach you something not that he's trying to please you but he's trying to leave you with something what do you think the message of the film was well i think the first piece is what we've already said and what you just said is when you go to the movies a lot of times you feel like you're in charge you know i'm here to be pleased and please me now you know, it's like, oh, this is not entertaining enough. I'm leaving. And Quentin's, Quentin's okay. like, nah, I'm here, to, I'm here to, to put you on to something. And so do you think part of it is sort of like a meta criticism of movies in general? Like you, you, have, to, you have to sit here and, and, and think about what it is that you're looking for. Well, think about it. Think about the fact that Quentin Tarantino can make you sit down for three hours and nine minutes and do something completely abnormal in 2015 and we do it and he can create these extremely long dialogues where you're like i don't understand what this has to do with anything i don't know where we're going and you do it you know and you're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for him to explain it and unfold it like i think I think there's a level to where experientially it's kind of like, man, when I come to the movies, I kind of feel like I'm in charge. 
I'm here to be pleased. I'm not here to hear a story, you know? And when you don't tell me the story I want to hear, I'm upset. I'm frustrated. So I think there's a, there's, there's one piece where he's like, what is he trying to say? He's trying to say, it's not all about you audience. You know, it's not all about you. It's about what me as an artist, what do I have to say? And, you know, connecting to Kanye West. Again, this is why we call him arrogant. This is why we call him a jerk. We we name call Mm -hmm. people like this. And what are Mm -hmm, we ultimately mm -hmm. saying? You're not bowing down to my preferences. You're a jerk. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, maybe maybe it's not all about your preferences, sis. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, bro, maybe someone's got something else to say that's more important than what your preferences are. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a similar situation to the way that people reacted to Yeezus. Kanye West released Yeezus, and everybody was very eagerly anticipating his next album. Yeezus came out, and it was like, what the hell is this? Right. And this I think it took a lot of people fancy. by this surprise. This doesn't make me feel the way I wanted to feel. And, I, and again, it's a part of it is like, do you want to hear what I have to say? It, it, like, yeah. That's a real question. Do you want to hear what I have to say? Or do you yeah. want me to say what you want me to say? I think people listening can relate to having a conversation with someone and someone goes, how you doing? They don't want to know how mm. you're doing. They mm. really don't. What do you think about this? They don't really want to know what you think. They just want you to agree with them. They want you to stroke mm-hmm. their ego. Kanye goes mm-hmm. middle finger to that. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think Quentin to a certain example goes, nah. I want to make a three-hour and seven-minute movie. You know what would be dope? I want to put an overture in the beginning. You know what I like from back in the day? I'm a shooting 70 millimeter. I'm going to put an intermission in. And if you don't like it, you can leave. I, you know? I, I appreciate I appreciate all of those elements because I you know as an artist I, I I respect his artistry clearly I'm a fan because I own the DVDs and Blu-rays and I've I've seen his movies and uh, in in theaters at home I have a, a lo- like a T-shirt with the Reservoir Dogs logo on it you know clearly I'm I'm there right. and I like him however Hateful Eight was a movie that felt like it was. It, it it was separated from the things that I really loved about those movies, and it was focused only on the things that he loved about his own movies. And he it was like an experiment for him to see if he could make the movie that he always wanted to make. And did you see Inglorious Bastards? Oh, most certainly, I did. Okay, so Inglorious Bastards begins with that very long, very tense uh, isolate. Uh, um, um, that shot or that scene in the cabin mm-hmm. with uh, Christoph Waltz, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he knows that they're hiding a Jew or a family of Jews in this cabin, and it's very tense. It's There's so a lot of tension, long, very long. And I think there was there was a, a merit to how lengthy that scene is because the longer it goes, the more it feels like it's boiling, and you just can't take yeah. it anymore. Something is going yeah. to go wrong, and the longer you need to sit on your hands, it's it's difficult. But it resolves itself, and then the movie continues, and there's more to be seen. There there are uh, different characters to meet. There's uh, humor. There's uh, a drama. There's a lot that takes place. So that was just kind of a piece of it. That felt like it was like the the initial experience or the experiment to find out whether or not he could make a movie that was only that scene. Because Hateful Eight basically <laughs> feels like so three hours only that, that scene, huh? scene. Because they the majority of the film is. Eight people in one room. Well, it's not. Isn't and there actually eight, nine people if you count Bob? It is. Or, yeah, it is or, technically. Uh, OG, is it? What's his name? Ob. Ob. Yeah. Ob. 
it is technically nine people, which you know, right off the bat, felt like that was that was screwed with counting, me. I'm I was like, like, wait, 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 nine. Is that supposed to be commentary? Right. It was like, hey, I call it hey for late. What do you expect? It's nine. I'm like, what? Maybe I read into that too much. Like, I'm thinking, this is one of the the, ways he's trying to mess with me? Is Quentin Tarantino like the ultimate film troll? Maybe. That's kind of like what this is to me. But a a troll troll with purpose. You know what I mean? It's like like trolling for good instead of trolling for evil. I guess. I mean, so there are a lot of things in this movie that, that... I feel like could have been really good if they were not as long, not as drawn out. The the who done it of like what's going on here, who's here for the real reason, like who's who can be trusted and who can't. That 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 sort of resolves itself when you find out about Daisy Domergue's like gang being present and they got there early and they were going to try to rescue her and it's it's by the way uh, the the actor from uh, the best movie of all time Channing Tatum shows up Channing Tatum is there for a very short period of time. Right. Too short, in my opinion. I, I thought he was spectacular, and he was a really good surprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so much carnage goes down, and when it's done, it's just, like, done. And you've watched so many people kill themselves and each other, and it's disgusting, and people are, like, flailing around and screaming and, and ra- like, writhing around in the blood, and movie's over. Like, everybody, presumably, is dead. Everybody. And I'm just, like... Uh, I don't, I feel like there's a meaning here that I'm looking for. And maybe the meaning is, this is something I thought about. Maybe what I just saw is a lot of people who are kind of deplorable, but also a little bit redeemable. And I need to figure out whether or not they're worth their life. Is it, are they worthy of living? And all of them end up just arguing, arguing with one another and destroying themselves and one another. And Hey, isn't that just how things go in the world? And I think you, when I'm see, thinking about I that, I'm just like, the, man, I, that just makes me feel so apathetic. And like, I didn't, I feel like you could have said that in fewer words. But see, here we go. Like, I think that's the point. Like, what you're saying right now is the point. Mm. That I, uh, what's the point? So, for example, like you're saying, I don't, you're kind of saying I don't, I don't get it i don't get why this is happening i don't understand why this is happening right so for example daisy domergu um and we have which the jennifer jason lee was incredible as daisy domergu and totally unrecognizable yes you googled jennifer jason lee she is gorgeous she's been a lot of movies you probably didn't even realize she was in and daisy domergu is like that shit insane and, and fun to watch yeah. even though like morally reprehensible yeah but yeah i just had to get that out there mm-hmm. that she was pretty incredible and john russell right so john russell is who kurt russell uh john, john <laughs> I'm mixing it together john ruth sorry kurt, he had an incredible mustache yes, in this film. yes it mustache that connected to a beard slash sideburns what i think his mustache was like an extension of his skeleton it was like so that it was so profound on the front of his face, it felt like it came from from deep within his soul. Yeah, that's how I yeah. feel. So we we see the violence that is happening to Daisy Domergu from John Ruth. Yes, and I know that that's a huge issue for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Just the idea that a woman is being, you know, brutalized by a man—that in and of itself is very 
frustrating. It's very uncomfortable. And yeah. in theater, the first time she gets hit, my theater, everybody laughed. Uh, yo, I had the same. He, my theater had the exact same reaction. Dude behind me, like cackled, and people around me laughed. I don't know about you, Ak, but I was very uncomfortable with that reaction. Like, never mind the fact that I just watched Kurt Russell, like, smack, not even smack her. He just, like, straight up clocked her. And I think she lost some teeth on that one or broke her nose. Right. But then, and everybody laughing around me, I just felt like, oh, my God. But then what does she do as soon as she gets hit? She rips off the N-word. Right? Yeah. And then it's because, so here's a moment. We have a moment where, one, you laugh and you go, oh, I'm not supposed to laugh. A girl just got hit. But hold up. Let's, let's wrestle with that for a second. Why'd you laugh? Because it was funny, but you're not supposed to laugh. Why? Because you're a good person, and good people don't laugh if girls get hit. And it's kind of like, but, but wait a minute. Like, like Let's start to kind of wrestle with this a little bit and talk about what's going on here. And then when she rips off the N-word, now it's kind of like, well, hold up. Did she deserve to get hit? Or wait. Can you, someone deserve to, uh, 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 I don't have a way out. I'm stuck. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, I think that Tarantino was like, yeah, sit in that. Sit in that. Wrestle with that. The world is not as cut and dry as you'd like to make it, audience. Sometimes girls get hit in the face and you laugh. Sometimes girls get hit in the face and you feel like she shouldn't get hit. Then sometimes girls get hit in the face and they say something that goes, maybe she should have hit her in the face. You know, and this is not something that we like. We don't really want to wrestle with this stuff, but Tarantino's yeah. making you go through these emo- emotions. And again, he's not answering the question. He's not going. You're right. You're wrong. He's going. Here's a scenario. This happens, yeah. and I think that's kind of how the world is. Stuff goes on in the world, and we're kind of groping and grasping for an answer. Sometimes we can't come up with one. Sometimes it's yeah. like, ugh. Right. I don't I don't know. I th- I think it's a little trite to say like well the point is that is it's difficult to understand. And I, I I from from someone like Quentin Tarantino, I just wish there was I wanted a more laser focused like more precision when it comes to a message, less vague because I think the the now, overwhelming now why majority why of people who that? are going to why? Because the overwhelming majority of people who are, are seeing this movie are going to decide, I liked it or I did not. And I think the, the opportunity for discussion, the conversation that you and I are having right now, is, is so wide open for people. But it's only really happening between people who are interested in having that conversation. I think a lot of people have just made up their mind and that's, that's it. That's how they feel about it. And I think that's potentially dangerous. Like for everybody who went to my theater and saw Daisy Domergue get, get clocked and lose some teeth and then like just start spouting racial epitaphs and just thought like, man, that was really funny. I liked it when the lady got hit. I'm uh, you just put that into the world for people to see and be entertained by. But see, that is that... Okay, so here, here's my thought. He, I don't think that Quentin's putting it into the world. I think... No, this is, I don't know Quentin. I'm just giving you my feedback here. Right? <laughs> I don't think he's... We try, we try to get him on the yeah. show. He said he was... Uh, he said he's he, like, you, you want to kill Bill 3? Maybe. All right, <laughs> well, leave busy. me alone. I'm busy. I was like, oh, okay, my bad. My bad. You know, we got Kill Bill 3 coming, and I'm good. Um... But I, I don't know that he's putting it into the world as though he, he, we can't look at Quentin and go, look what you made. 
Like that yeah. already exists. I'm telling you a story, and I'm using real things to tell the story. Enter the N word. Loads and now, loads and loads and loads yeah. of times. Always. Now I know in all of his movies. Now I know we got a lot of people got beef. With Quentin Tarantino, a white man, using the N-word over and over and over again. Yeah. Like he made it up. It's like, yeah. you don't, where do you live where nobody says this? You know, like, that's my thing. Now, I know you have some feelings about it. I want to hear your feelings about it. And I think this would be a good conversation for us to have as a black man and a white man kind of working through this. Because I had a different reaction than you did to the N-word in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, so I, I had mentioned to you previously, because I had brought this up. I, I know that this is something that he does. He uses, uh, he, like, he, like I mentioned, he has a trademark language that he uses in his films. And, and one of it is he really, really, really likes making characters say the N word. Right, which we're like right off the bat, can we just acknowledge that it's it's difficult to have a conversation even about it because like here I am as a grown ass man who is forced into a position in which I'm like I got to refer to the fact that somebody's saying something that I don't even want to say. Like I so badly don't want to say. Why it. don't you want to say c- it? Why? Because it's like the the sound of 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 that word and the the implications and the history the history and the complicated nuance of what it means to different people and me being separate from that and being a person who is a white man who has like a full deck of cards in life and not having a full understanding of that word and the meaning of it feels like it's it's dangerous it's it, it feels like i'm playing with a a nuclear bomb and i just don't understand it and i just I'm, i would prefer not to play with that bomb i'm just not going to i'm not going to use that okay and okay. so it, like right off the bat it is it is such a challenging term piece of language that i I don't censor myself, but it's a thing that I just, I do not want to say. I don't want to hear that sound come out of my mouth. And, uh, I, it's challenging. So clearly he is playing with challenges and, and making people feel uncomfortable and figure out how they, they feel because his characters use that in all of his movies. Many of his characters in many of his movies use that, that epitaph a lot. Now Django was interesting because Django felt like it, it almost felt like an opportunity to uh, get revenge on all of the characters in the whole catalog of his films for all the people who said that. It was like an opportunity to say, here, Jamie Foxx, a proud, wonderful, established, talented black man is going to go and make people pay for the way that they've used that language. But that even in and itself is challenging in the sense that a white man wrote the script in which a black man gets revenge and it felt like is that your story to tell i don't know well, who, like did you did you allow black people to feel better about that because you wrote that movie were you allowed to do that well, what's a, now, all what's of it allowed? is challenging like i see okay, okay so so this is a bigger conversation and i think it's great and this is why i personally i'm the kind of guy that goes sit back Calm down and let the storyteller tell you the story. Start asking, why are these people saying the N-word every other? Why does he do that? Remember, love and curiosity, which is your thing. I learned that from you. You Yeah, of course. Okay, if this is an artist, let's assume positive intent, right? There's a reason why 
he keeps doing this. Of you course, know what I'm saying? And for me, I think part of the reason is the conversation we're having right now. I, I fully the, agree with the you. The fact that it's brought up and it's made you uncomfortable. You know, yeah. and it's put you in a situation where you're squirming and you're in your seat and you're going, uh, you're making me deal with nigga. Uh, I don't want to deal with it. Oh, you're <laughs> yeah, making and, me deal and, with it. And it's like, and it's a different context. You know, I'm mean, like, here I am saying this about Tarantino's movies, but you and I are talking about Yeezy as well. Um, earlier we were talking about Gri- Kendrick Lamar. Yo, Adam. I, I'm a very, very, very avid hip hop. Please fan. let me jump in there real quick. You just made Please. a huge point. Huge yes. point. Who gets to use no, the word? That's not what I was going to say. Oh, Quentin what? is making you deal with something in a different way that you deal with all the time. Kendrick says mm. it. You're rocking to it. Kanye says it all day, nigga. You know what I mean? You might not say it. You might mute yourself. You might say it by yourself. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. you do. That's not really what the point is. But now Quentin uses it and he's going, I'm going to poke you. I'm going to twist the knife. I'm going to yeah. make street, 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 street. Has a level to where it's affecting you by using this word in a way that Kendrick is affecting you differently. Kanye is affecting yeah. you differently. But now there's an art and there's a beauty to I'm going to overload you with this. I'm going to make you deal with it. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? Now that you say that, too, something that occurs to me is, for what it's worth, throughout Quentin Tarantino's body of work, he he does use this word a lot. I should say, his characters use this word a lot, so he writes this into the story often, but he's consistently doing it. It's not like he did this only in one movie to prove a point about that language. He's basically using it always, 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 every time he makes uh, a, a piece of artwork, a piece of film. Right. In in that it it represents the fact that like these these issues these struggles haven't gone anywhere. Amen. From the time that he started making yes. films to right now, yes, several decades, of course, and and way before he started making movies. Yep. Uh, so for for what it's worth, uh, in in his body of work, that those problems are still around, and he hasn't just decided to put them away as if like I said what I needed to say is fixed by excellent point and and I, and I think that's the thing I think there's a level to and okay I I don't I don't know what it is to be white never been that way but I you know <laughs> I haven't we uh, you, you can't really go out in the sun like for a long period of time right different di- different strokes for different skin tones right <laughs> but I think there's a reality to um white guilt White guilt's yes. a real thing. We talked about that a little bit off air, and actually I'd like to continue that conversation at some point because I, that's interesting to me because yeah. I, can't, I can't relate to white guilt. I can, I can kind of like sense it and feel it, and there's a level of like I feel, I feel, simp- I feel sorry sometimes for people who are just like, uh, I don't want you to feel like I'm racist, uh, 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 and it's like, chill out. It's, chill it, out. It's, are you, Nobody I, said Have you ever heard... You ever heard, um, I, I know that there's, there's a, a, a saying uh, in which somebody said, like, the one thing that you can call a white person that cripples that person is racist. Is, is racist. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we have this, like, fragile, fragile sense of ourselves, right? And it's, like, to be called racist means that you are a part of something that, like, yeah. you 
don't you, you don't even understand you're you're no longer the master of yourself you're like i'm just a part of this thing and i no i'm not you can't call me that like it's it's very defensive yeah. i think people get very defensive about that and here's the thing that i would submit to you to to consider there's a level to where i would assume it would be easier for people who are wrestling with white guilt to just make the source of white guilt go away. What is the source not, of white guilt? Not the guilt? source. I'm just saying things that kind of spark it, things yeah. that kind of ignite that in you and go, Ugh, just make that go away because I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Don't use the N-word. White people, and b- a matter of fact, black people, don't use it either because it reminds me yeah. of da 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 And I think right. there's a level to where it's like, it's not that easy. You can't just you can't just censor it away. You so within you, the you, do you get what I'm the saying? Context, uh, yeah, and it's like you can't the, the the I think what you're getting at here is it would be easier if a, a piece of artwork that uses that word all the time just didn't exist, so I didn't have to deal with it. Well, not even just. But, I'm not. This isn't me. This is. I don't. I apologize if it's coming across as a Adam. Let me correct you thing. That's not what I'm saying. No, man, love and curiosity. Yeah, it's, it's really more of a situation where we're looking at the artistry of what Quentin's doing and how right. I feel about it is I personally wasn't offended, nor was I moved. I, I wasn't moved. I wasn't shaken. I wasn't rocked. I didn't really. It was just a part of storytelling. And that's the thing. White people called black people the N-word. So yeah. let's stop acting like, oh, my goodness, I, yeah, I, sure. I, 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 I'm so offended. It's just like, this happened, America. Come, get over it. You're, not get over it, but get over, like, not get over, but, like, this, this like, disgust it's, of, like, how dare he. It's like, well, are we going to not put this in the history book? <laughs> like, this, yeah, this is sure. real. It's, it's not. So uh, it's not it, get over it. It's engage with this, it. If like, this don't is a, run right, from it. If this is a story. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of the issue. I think what we're wrestling with is again. Quentin is saying, "Let me teach you something. Well, Sit still. Had, let, me, had, let me let me put you on to this real quick." People use this word. This is still an issue. This went on. And I'm going to make these horrible people. It's intentional. Yeah. And what's a, what's a more way to make you disgusted with someone than to a man to punch a woman in the face? You're already not like Kurt Russell. Now that mm-hmm. girl spits her teeth out and calls and gives a hard ER. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And now you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. real nasty. Hard, I'm talking, you know, we know the difference between a uh and a hard ER. <laughs> it's like, I, I and look you dead in the camera. I'm trying to, I'm calling you that thing, you know? Yeah. And then we got Sam Jackson. We start to feel sad for him. And then he does this long monologue. And you go, this guy is freaking crazy. Yeah. You know, like, and I think what I walked away with now that I'm talking it through is... Welcome to the world, people. You know, the world is full of, like, really, really challenging human beings who in one breath can do something that makes you disgusted and in another mm-hmm. breath can do something that makes you feel sorry for them. And it can do flip you think, back and forth over and over and over again. Do you think that uh, all of the characters that are on screen in this movie are meant to be reflections of 
really like every person, every type of person that's in the crowd watching the film. I don't know if it's necessarily meant to be every person in the crowd. I think that they're intentionally picked to evoke a specific um, grouping of feelings. You sure. know what I okay. mean? Like I do. Daisy Domergoo and, you know, like um, Sam J- and then the old man, you know, and even Channing Tatum. And then the nicest people in the movie are the people who own the haberdashery. And like, can I get you a pet? You know, can I get you something to drink? And da 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 da. Yeah. And they're so nice and they're so sweet and all. And they come in and they freaking kill them. You yeah. know, like they kill all these people. And there's a, you know, like it's all meant to i think it's an exercise in disrupting this culture that is extremely comfortable and is skilled at covering their eyes and closing their eyes and making a a situation in their mind that's what they want it to be and i think quentin comes in and goes nah mm -mm, i'm gonna snap you right out of that you're gonna deal with this and i could be wrong quentin could be like i just like westerns i like blowing people's heads off (laughs) <laughs> but I, you know well that's you know what that's another part of it too that makes things feel a little crazy because you know it's it's clear that he is a fan of a lot of different types of movies and genres and filmmaking styles this is partly why he had his this movie shown in 70 millimeters. This is partly why he used uh, Ennio Morricone as a direct send-up to those old spaghetti westerns like Sergio Leone and, and the Fistful of Dollars and, 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 and Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Right? Like, there's a style of filmmaking that he loves, and you can see that he is paying homage to that, and he's making it really uncomfortable. You know, It's like, it's, it, that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting to me because it's 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 derivative of other things that he likes, but he injects it with things that you're like not ready for. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so I it was it was a really tough movie. I guess I guess when it comes down to it, I was under the thought process that maybe when I went to see it, I would leave knowing there was another Tarantino classic. I'm going to be quoting this shit for days. Right. I'm like, I'm going to remember these characters. I'm going to talk about it. I'm, there's going to be a moment when somebody like walks up to me and I'm going to do that like, you're going to bark all day, doggy? You're going to bite. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have an opportunity right. to like put those lines in. Uh, and I, I don't think I necessarily had that. What I did have was, you know, a very long period of time that I spent with people who were just really, really upsetting. Mm-hmm. And then they all went and killed one another. Yep. And that's it. And but you know what's crazy? And when you think about that, that could kind of be what's the world? In the world, we see a lot of people who are constantly upset and frustrated and angry and and furiously frustrated with one another, and what do we end up doing? We end up killing each other and justifying it. Everybody's the good guy in their own eyes, and everybody's the bad guy in the other person's eyes. But when you're the audience looking in, it's like, y'all are all freaking crazy. You know? And how many times are you one of the hateful eight, but you think Mm. you're a good guy? You know? Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Now, now this might, this this resonates a little bit with the conversation we had uh, this past week. When we're talking about the, the paradigm of good guy and bad guy, like, and, and dip in between those two. Yes. Who, who's a good guy? Right. Who is a bad guy? Well, how, how does that criteria uh, even go into effect? How do you meet yeah. that criteria? Because nobody, because I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it would be an easy task to go, you know what, here we go, internet. <laughs> <laughs> 
here's what I want you to do. Should you dare. I want you to send an email to comicbookjunto at bearfruit.com at B3ARFRUIT.com or hashtag comicbookjunto at Octavius A. Newman at Adam Tedderus, whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell us which of the hateful eight slash nine do you see yourself most in? Oh, that is a scary. You don't want to do that, do you? You want to turn this podcast but, off? I, I like, I like where I like what you're edging toward, and that's why. You see what, asked, I'm, you see what I'm saying, think, Adam? It's like no one, no think, one in the audience is like, oh yeah, I see myself in Daisy Domergue. Yeah, nobody, no, nobody, no. You don't want to do that. You're the good guy. You're the one in the seat. I would never. I can't believe. But Quentin's going. You're one of the hateful eight. That's you. Which bad guy? Which are you? bad guy? You, you know what? That's that's an interesting exercise. Take a look at somebody that you really have a disdain for, and see if you can make yourself that person. Like see yourself in that person. Yeah. Now, can you understand that person? A little and you know what that now? should do to you? Make you gracious and merciful. Hmm. You should see. Oh my gosh, he and I, or she and I, are not that different. Sure, I didn't mm-hmm. do that, but that doesn't make me spotless. So next time someone does X, Y, or Z, maybe I'm a little bit more gracious. Imagine if those people were able, the the hateful eight, the nine characters we see, were able to see the flaws in each other. We're able to relate and we're able to go, you know what? Let's all just give each other a little little, little mercy here. There's no mercy in that. There's no mercy in that show. You know what I mean? Like we wanted to see... You know, different characters die. We kind of cheered when certain things happen, but quit. Yeah, they did during the intermission. Guy behind me, again, he he. Intermission comes up and he goes, "If there isn't some action in this next part, I'm gonna walk the fuck out." And that's all he said right. to himself right. by himself. And he, and he, you know, it was funny because I was like, "Did I just say that in my brain?" You know what I'm or saying? Or did this man behind me just say that? <laughs> I I don't know. Was that me or? Yeah. That's that's basically what took place, and I thought that was interesting because you know it, he was he was making his intention very clear. Right. He was like, Here, "Look, yo, this is what I came for. Yeah. Entertain me." And it has a Quentin's like, yeah. "I'm going to challenge you." Nah, 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 nah. Okay, all right. Let's 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 get a like a a laser pointed uh, appraisal of the movie right now. Did you enjoy the hateful? Eight? No, I did not enjoy it. Um, Are you glad you? I'm saw I'm glad it? I saw it. Okay, I, I am. I was challenged by it. Um. And I am enjoying the conversation that I'm having with you. I'm enjoying yes. the debrief. I'm enjoying the the um, I'm enjoying the the wrestle that I'm having. But even in the question you're asking me, did I enjoy it? I think it's dope to be able to go. I don't know if I re- what, remember what I said when I caught on the movie and I, and I and we talked. I said I don't think I'm ever going to see that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that I can think of a lot of movies I've seen where I'm like, I'm never gonna see that again. And and that doesn't mean that I disliked it. It was just like, no, that was it. I only needed one. Yeah, I mean, and now that I've <laughs> wrestled through it, and now that I've talked through it, I would actually love to go see. We should go. I don't know if we got time. If we got the money. We should go see it again together and kind of like, oh, maybe I feel a little differently now. Now that we've debriefed about it, but um, yeah. I think what I would actually appreciate is now that I've seen it in a theater where I sat down and I watched it the entire time in silence, I would appreciate an opportunity to sit with you in the comfort of like your or my home where we can like, oh, hold up. Let's talk about this for a second. What do you think that right. was? Yeah. 
I, I think that's the kind of thing that I've been inspired to to seek now. Yeah. Is I've I've had one experience with it. I don't think I, w- I need that experience again. But I wouldn't mind going back and, and doing a play by play. But enjoyment. When I say I didn't enjoy it, I say it in the sense of medicine doesn't taste good. But I'm glad mm. that I that I'm well. You see mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So do I enjoy it the way I enjoyed Star Wars or I enjoyed Creed or even I enjoyed The Revenant? I enjoyed The Revenant. You yeah. know, I didn't know. Different no, kind of I challenging. Didn't, I didn't enjoy it in that sense. Yeah. But do I appreciate it? Do I value it? Do I think it's a good movie? Yes, yes, and yes. You know? Yeah. And I think okay. that's an interesting yeah. distinction. How about you? I, I I agree with you on on especially on that that first remark is I did not enjoy the movie I do not regret seeing the movie I am glad that I went to see it that's absolutely true uh, I will say however I don't think it was a good movie I I'm, I'm still I am not convinced mm-hmm. that that it, that it was a good film and that. I'm not, given that I am taking an opportunity to talk to you about it now, which I do like very much, and that you and I are both having a dialogue about the possible message, what it could have meant uh, in general, and what it meant to each of us, I do enjoy that. Uh, I don't think it was an effective way of creating that conversation, however. And I don't think that it was a good movie. No. I think mm-hmm. it was... I, if, for me, it, it, it rang of... Um, a certain kind of like boastfulness from the the director who like, I've already established. I have a negative bias toward. Like I just don't like. Him. Bottom line, it's no Jupiter ascending. No, no, it's not. It's not. And and look, Adam, we're talking stop. about seeing ourselves in in a bad guy. <laughs> I, it's easy for me to see myself as Eddie Redmayne because I like you know like I, I have a young face. Good, excellent bone structure. I don't like wearing shirts that cover my chest. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. All those things. It's, it's very easy for me to see myself yes. in that film. That movie was perfect. <laughs> most, most of everything that I've said so far about oh, that film is man. is is a, a, a joke. However, I have slowly convinced myself that yes, in fact, I am the world's biggest fan of that. You want to know? Like, there are. I, I guarantee you, there are a lot of people who are like, I gotta go watch Jupiter Ascending because Adam loves it. Dragons wear jackets in that movie. This like is not a, a good a movie. Crocodile. It's not a good movie. Let me be the one to tell you before you go waste your money and do something and then be sending us tweets and emails going, I can't believe you guys made us waste our money on this movie. Yeah. Not a good movie. I saw it. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. But if you've made it yeah. this far in the podcast, once again, you get the special treats by Adam actually unveiling that he's joking. That's basically true. Those that cut out, let me turn this off immediately. Forget this hateful (laughs) eight. I gotta get Jupiter ascending. Listen to the end, kids. Yeah, here's okay. Look behind the scenes right now. What 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 you listeners aren't going to be privy to is after this, Octavius is going to say, "Look, you can't say that stuff in the beginning. People are going to turn off. (laughs) They're going to say they hear you. They hear you heaping on praise for Jupiter ascending, and they just turn it off. You got to save that." That's Keep what's going to happen. I'm going to get a. I'm going to get a creative uh, uh, critique. Or the Wachowskis yeah. might hit you up to review all their movies and send you special <laughs> screenings. This guy yeah. loves our stuff. Oh this my is god, that would be Matrix some one. That would be like a real kind of hellscape. I'd be like, oh no, I accidentally got invited to see all of their movies. 
Shoot. I'm just, I, I, you know, I so badly, uh, I, I so badly want the Wachowskis to make something just as good or better than the Matrix, but I just yeah. have given up on it. I believe that time has passed. Yeah. I believe that time yeah. has passed. So have we said everything yeah. we need to say about Hateful Eight for now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. And you know, maybe we revisit this. I, you know, what I'm interested in finding out is how is this movie going to exist in my life now? Like, am I going to refer to it as as like a a, a standard of a certain kind of film? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it go- how is this going to last? Did it make an impression? How will it resurface? So that remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, I will say. I I do have a better list of ideas for dates. Right. Uh, generally. Right. I'm 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 working on a piece for BuzzFeed and it's 15 w- things you can do that aren't go see Hateful 8 uh on a there date. There you go. You win some, you learn some. Hateful date. Hateful Hateful date. <laughs> great great article <laughs> title. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. So, Adam, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Teteris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. I'm also on Instagram under the same handle, at Adam Teteris. And uh, I work on a little publication. It's uh, an alternative newspaper that is primarily my own storytelling and fiction. It's called Dark Matter Sequential, and you can find that at www.darkmatterseq.com. All right, you can find me on the internet, Twitter. Um, Instagram. You can find me at the mall. You can find, <laughs> it's going down. Right. You, can, you can find me at that, at that place as well. Um, <laughs> at Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Um, this podcast is a product of Bear Fruit. You can catch Bear Fruit on all the social media platforms at the same one, at B3A-R-F-R-U-I-T, um, bearfruit.com. Check out the website. Subscribe to our newsletter so you can get updated on all the new cool stuff we're doing. Please, Converse with us. Hashtag yeah. comic book junto. Comic book junto at B3ARFRUIT.com. Shoot us an email if you have any questions. Um, we'll, we might answer some of the questions on the show. Um, use that hashtag. And if you enjoy this podcast, give us five stars and a positive rating. Um, subscribe, share, rate, review. Um, keep this conversation going on the social internets, interwebs, and with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, step up to that challenge that Ock made. Watch uh, Hateful Eight and see if you can figure out which, which one of those characters you see yourself in. And, you know what? Maybe we just need to think about that in terms of just about anything that we, we watch right. or read or like comics. Like, but take a list of the bad guys and see, see who, who you are like. Like try to try to align with somebody that you wouldn't more immediately align with, and that's a great practice. Can you imagine if we all did that more? I I, I try to imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. If we that'd be nice. Yeah. There's a level to where you know the bad guy, the poor guy, the inexperienced guy, the jerk, the whatever. You're able to go. I, I mean, I could see how I'm kind of like that, and how mm-hmm. would I want to be treated? How would I mm-hmm. want people to love on me? Let me extend that to that person who, who probably doesn't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to someone else because I would want them to give it to me when I, didn't, uh, when I don't deserve it. Yeah. I believe that. I like that. This is a great Wait. show, man. Hey, Octavius A. Newman, what do you want me to do with this paper bag that's in front of me? I want you to open that paper bag. Ladies and gentlemen, this past week has been Adam's birthday. That's true. And I got him a special gift. And my wife told me, no, 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 don't give it to him yet. Give it to him on the show. 
So if you Yo, listen, this this was her idea. Well, I bought it, but when I said okay. I was going to give it to you, she said, "Give it to him on the show. Don't give it to him in person." Yeah. So he's now opening it, and I'll let you take it from here. Okay. I'm gonna. Oh no 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 no. Okay, I am holding in my. <laughs> I'm holding in my hand. Uh, Marvel Comics, the Man Thing, the frightful first issue. Woo! Dude, this is okay. Hold up, we get, I'm gonna investigate this a little bit. This this is a man. Where did this? Where did you find hey, this? Hey, don't worry about what I be doing, Adam. All right. Well, I'm I'm not worried about it. I got this. I'm just the, okay. This this is all right. Let me let me give you a little a, a little history right now. Let me give you a little history. Internet. So you have an Adam understanding. Adam loves man thing. If you haven't listened to episode two, especially where he goes on and on and on about how much he loves man thing, there's going to be a lot more of that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, okay, so the man thing is the most important uh, combo character of all time. Uh, in in my uh, humble opinion. Um, Man Thing got canceled for a little while. He he didn't stay around. Like he was he came out in seventy four, uh, and he he didn't stay around for a little while. This is the number one issue of the second run. That's right. When he came back, yep. with a vengeance in nineteen seventy nine, and Steve Gerber was the guy who used to write Man Thing. He, Gerber is amazing, and this guy uh, picks it up. Michael Fleischer and. Um, Takes it, it takes him on a whole different trip. It's a, oh my God! There's some very strange stuff taking place in these pages. <laughs> this is incredible. There you go, Octavius. Thank Happy you. Happy birthday, man! Thank you. This is incredible. I'm I am very 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 grateful. No problem, Dang. man. Happy to do it. All right. Well, the next issue, I'm just going to be reading this word for word. Right. <laughs> We're just going to do like the old timey joint. We are like sit, sit back, boys and girls, and listen to Man Thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, read to you by yeah, Adam Zetteris. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this is that's about the time. That's probably when I'm going to get uh, uh, taken off the show. <laughs> like yeah. we have a specific topic, and and this dude just starts reading the comic, <laughs> totally ignoring me. Like, I don't. I don't care. I'm reading this man thing. So either you're gonna I get with this, this or is, not. This is very special. I thank you very much. No problem, man. What, what was the price thank on that from back in the day? This is a uh, this is a whopping forty cents. Forty cents from back in four the zero. Disney. Yeah, forty cents. Which honestly, too cheap. This could have gone for, I don't know, four hundred probably. We did it. S- said no one. Said nobody. <laughs> That's a wrap. All right. Thanks for joining us for uh, this uh, one-shot episode of the comic book Junto, and we will be back uh, soon. We'll be recording on Wednesday with uh, a regularly scheduled episode. There it is. You got some stuff to talk to me about, uh, Civil War and all that. Yes. we uh, Marvel announced us plans for Civil War II, uh, Iron Man versus Captain Marvel. Uh, you and I will talk a little bit about that off mic and, and we'll form some opinions. We'll talk more about it on Wednesday. Sounds good. Dope. All right, man. Everybody have a good one. See you. Bye-bye.